Another poor performance sends Borough home with only a point at Hillsborough in a result that honestly, it changes nothing. It's the Uruguayan curl to one end. What is up guys, Matthew here, welcome to another episode of Project Borough, where today I'm going to look back on what was undoubtedly the biggest game of the season for Borough and Sheffield Wednesday, where the two worst sides in the league with only a point each faced off against one another with an open opportunity to pick up their first win, and as I predicted in my prediction video, the very result that I think was probably the worst result for both sides happened and that was a one-all draw to which Borough once again went behind by once again being awful in the first half and luckily managed to rescue a point from what would have been a defeat that I honestly would never have found the words for. Like honestly, at half time, the words I had in my head and the things that I wanted to say and was planning to say in this video if we'd have lost that game probably wouldn't have been fit for YouTube. We salvaged a point in the second half, but for me, this is about perspective and not just looking at this game in isolation, which is Borough went behind, they rescued a point. They were good for 20 minutes. We need to look at this game with some form of perspective. We've got to step back and really look at what this result was. And it was the fact that we went to arguably, if well, technically, if you look at the league, we're the worst team in the league. The next worst team in the league. We went away from home to a Sheffield Wednesday side who were in disarray on and off the pitch, and we once again had to rescue a point by going behind in a first half performance which was beyond unacceptable. It was one of the worst halves I've seen from a Borough side in as long as I can remember. So looking at that, that ain't a positive point. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't give me any additional hope or any positives to cling on to. It, this result may, may, may as well have not happened. It doesn't change a thing. It only prolongs and extends the major, major worries and concerns that are around Borough right now. And I've kind of painted a picture in my head about the situation and what I think might happen with Michael Carrick, which I'll get onto after I've briefly talked through the game in a bit more detail. So, the first half, as I mentioned, was... Shocking. I mean, I, I I can't even begin to describe the words without using my censored sound effect to a large degree, which I'm going to try and not do, but I'm going to allow myself to have one. The first half was utter shit. Absolutely shit. Honestly, I could, I could go on. It's laughable how bad we were in that first half. We looked like... 11 players, and I said this in the Birmingham Project Butter episode, uh, sorry, the Blackburn one that we obviously did at the weekend, but this was this was worse. We looked even more disjointed, even more disconnected, 
And it, it's like they'd just pulled 11 strangers out the car park and dropped them on a pitch together and said, right, play football. There was nothing in terms of a, a direction or a style of play or any sort of routines or you know any, any kind of passing routines that they were trying to put together. There was nothing I could see that looked predetermined or like it'd been worked on on the training pitch. It looked like 11 players who had gone out onto the pitch, never met one another and had no idea what they were doing. Like they just had no direction, no process, no plan, nothing. They looked devoid of confidence or direction and truthfully I don't think put together more than three consistent passes between them in the first half. It was abysmal and Sheffield Wednesday were given the time, the space, the possession to play the ball around, as is the way with Borough when we start games, we're slow, we've got no tempo, we just like to sit and wait for the opposition to have a goal first, we may as well step aside, roll out the red carpet and say, no, no, you, you score first, no, you score first, you, you will give you the first goal, don't worry about it, we're just too polite and too nice, why can't we just come out the blocks Take the take the game by the scruff of neck. Take control. Take the initiative. Why do we have to constantly go behind before we decide to actually bother and fight for a result? This is the 14th, 14th consecutive game to which when we've conceded a goal, we've conceded a goal first. And that, for me, isn't bad luck. It's not tactics. It, it, it must be a mentality thing. It must be coming out of the dressing room at the start of a game and not really bothered, you know, whether we need to up the tempo or if we have to particularly do anything special until the opposition do something themselves. And that's when we realise that, oh crap, we're in a game, we're going to we're gonna have to turn things up here. That's what it's like. And the first half was a disgrace, if I'm brutally honest. I, I, I mean, the team selection for me was a was a very, very strange one, and I'll get on to that when I talk about the individual players, because some of them had an absolute stinker. But the first half, dearie me, um, I think we had one shot, none on target. I mean, our XG was probably something like 0.0003. It was bad, and um, I was genuinely... Things were crossing my mind uh, at half-time, Genuinely thinking, if this result finishes how it is, Carrick could be gone tonight. It was that bad. Thankfully, and this is just me talking about this game in, in an isolated way. Second half, as you'd expect. The minimum. The minimum you'd expect. This should just go without saying. We come out and we were better. And unlike previous games, we didn't have a really slow start where we gave up a big chance within the first few minutes. We actually come out, had a bit more about us. We passed the ball, we zipped it about a bit, and we had, I dare say, up until the 67th minute. In fact, it was when he took Riley McGree off, and around the time, I think they made a change at left back. It might have been the 69th minute. Up until then, Borough had a really good spell, and we had Sheffield Wednesday pinned in their final third. They couldn't clear the ball, they couldn't string a pass together, they couldn't get out. Borough had them pinned back and we were playing lovely, interchanging passing between the lines, getting in behind, getting Jones into the byline. And I'll talk about Jones because he was one of the very few positives when he came on at half-time. And we started to put some really good balls into the box and just looked 
like a real threat. And I, I, I thought to myself, we, we could get something out of this game here. And thankfully we did when Daryl Enahan got an equaliser. It is worth saying, by the way, I completely skipped Sheffield Wednesday's goal in the first half. But yeah, Masaba put them ahead on 38 minutes. I will briefly mention their goal. Nothing else really happened in the first half. But again, it come down our left-hand side, which I'll talk about Lucas Angle in a bit. Jesus Christ, they just ripped us apart down that left-hand side. And yeah, Corburn shouldn't have been the man tracking. And the ball was cut back to Masaba, who was in his own space on the penalty spot. And yeah, had a free shot to tap the ball home. Another... Yeah, poor defensive goal to concede. Nothing out the ordinary there. But anyway, back to where I was second half. Yes, Borough, I think, deserved a goal from the spell we had. And an absolute miracle occurred. And we scored from a set piece, which I don't remember happening in the last decade, if I'm brutally honest with you. But a great ball was whipped in by O'Brien. In fairness, it bounced around, it ricocheted a little bit. But for a change... It was a ricochet that fell in Borough's favour and it come off Daryl Enahan off the bar and it went in. It was ugly. It was ugly. And you know what? I've been crying out for Borough to just have one of these really ugly, horrible goals that bounce off someone's arse and go in. This wasn't too far from that. And in this case, that goal, I guess, you know, got a point from, from this game. And we had a really good spell, like I say, after that up until the 69th minute. And... Had an opportunity or a window of opportunity there to really attack the game and take it by the scruff of the neck and go for the victory because Sheffield Wednesday were on the ropes, but we just didn't go for the jugular. They were able to make a change at left back, which nullified the threat we had down the right, which was basically what changed the game for us with Isaiah Jones. And once they nullified the threat on the left or down their left, it become an even game once again. And the final 20 minutes, we had a few chances, a few half chances. They had a really good chance at the end, which was put wide, which they probably should have scored from. So arguably, apart from a 24-minute spell in the second half, it was once again an even game. And, and it got fairly stretched towards the end of the game, where it could have maybe gone either way. But even then, despite the, the pressure and the penetration, and the quicker tempo, and the better passing, and I guess the more looking like the Borough of old. We still didn't create anything in that second half. We actually ended the game with an XG of 0.6, which is by far our lowest of the season, and we were actually, maybe for the first time ever, out-XG'd by the opposition, and it happened to be the next best, bluntest attack in the league, which again, maybe says something about our attacking. So, again... A good spell, but how many times this season in games have we had a good spell? And it's 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 pointless. I mentioned this in my Blackburn Project Borough episode. Who cares if we're having a good 30-minute spell or a good 20-minute spell? The point is we had an absolutely disgraceful 45-minute spell which put us behind in the first place. So we're once again putting ourselves in a position to chase a game, which we shouldn't be, and we've rescued a point for it. And, you know, on another day, you could say Borough... Maybe could have won it, but with the chances Sheffield Wednesday had at the end of the game, they probably could have won it as well. So, you know, for all that, you know, perception can be skewed because, you know, we were the ones who come from behind and equalised. Listen, if Borough had gone ahead and Sheffield Wednesday had equalised and pushed on in the second half, it would have looked 
even worse. So I'm not going to look at the game state or the order of the goals or whatever, and, and that's not going to blur my thoughts on this result. I, I still think this is a really, really poor result for Borough, and I'll get on to individuals as we now look at the team. So Borough set up. In the usual 4-2-3-1, we had Senny Dieng in goal, back four, the same back four that played on the weekend, other than Lucas Engel come in for the injured Alex Bangura, who of course went off against Blackburn. We then had Hackney in midfield with O'Brien alongside him in place of Johnny House, and we then had a three behind uh, the striker with McGree coming back in on the left, we've been wanting him to start. Crooks was in the number 10 again, for some reason, with Silvera back in on the right and Josh Corburn was given a rare start up front. So, looking at the individual, Senny Dieng, I don't think had too much to do. A few pop shots from outside the box, but didn't have to make any particularly great saves. And again, I don't think could have done anything miraculous for the goal. It was so close range. I think he'd have done well to save that unless it was straight at him. So again, I would say Dieng didn't have to have a good game, but again, hasn't come away with a clean sheet because of Borough's defending. The back four, I think maybe looked better because we were up against an attack in Sheffield Wednesdays, which is an easier attack to defend against. It's one of the worst attacks alongside ours in the league. But let me just talk about Lucas Engel. Now, I know he is new, and I know he has to adapt to the championship and he was brought in as our Ryan Giles replacement and that's fine because what you expect from a Ryan Giles replacement is someone who probably gets forward more than he gets back and provides the team with lots of chances, lots of assists, lots of crosses but he's not doing that. He is the Ryan Giles without the actual attacking intent and assists that we actually bought him for because going backwards he is like Ryan Giles was in fact he's probably worse you can tell Lucas Engel was a left winger turned into a more attacking left back and we've bought him because he's an attacking left back but for me I think what he might offer us going forward is by far getting outweighed by what he's costing us going backwards he was tortured by their right wing back or right winger or right midfielder Valentin throughout that first half. In fact, it was quite embarrassing to watch at times. He was just getting left behind and absolutely dropped time and time again. And it was from that side to which they scored their goal. And, you know, Carrick doesn't hook players off at half time very often, but he hooked Engel off at half time. And it was probably one of the worst halves of football or one of the worst 45 minute performances I've seen from a Borough player in a hell of a long time and I'm not gonna jump on him too much overall because like I say he's still new and like this whole squad is probably shot of confidence but looking at this game and a performance in isolation it was probably one of the worst I've ever seen in a long time from a Borough player. In midfield uh, Hackney and O'Brien I think I think screened the back four a bit better we didn't look anywhere near as open and transition as we have done again this could be masked by the fact we were going up against a weaker attack than what we will face most weeks but I think just looking at this performance I think Hackney and O'Brien covered the defence and protected them a bit better and albeit 
didn't really do much first half. I don't think any Borough player could string a pass together in the first half. When we got going and we raised our tempo, they actually started nipping the ball about quite well. And it was, of course, O'Brien's corner that led to the goal. So I will give Hackney and O'Brien a bit of praise for their second half performance. But that kind of coincided with Borough picking up their tempo. I think the first half for everyone was just awful, to be honest. McGree, I think, along with the rest of the team, had a really poor first half. However... This is where Carrick does become to blame. I think McGree certainly improved in the second half. And I I cannot fathom why he was took off on 68 minutes. Because that was, that was right in the period where Borough were looking really good. And McGree, Crooks, Jones, Vandenberg starting to play some really good interchanging play on either wing and McGree was starting to dictate things and pull the strings a little bit and I just thought right we've we've found something here we found some sort of balance up front and it's working and he hooks him off and I just couldn't understand why I just do not know why McGree was hooked off and the likes of Matt Crooks and Sammy Silvera were allowed to stay on for pretty much the entirety of the 90 minutes. I know Silvera was took off on 90 minutes, but the fact that Silvera and Crooks hit 90 minutes and McGree was took off is a decision I cannot possibly comprehend. I just don't understand how Carrick didn't see that what we were doing there was working and that McGree had to stay on. And Silvera and Crooks were probably the weak link going forward. I think Crooks was okay in spells, but I still don't think was affecting the game too positively. And Silvera was having an absolute shocker as he continues to. And I'm going to repeat what I said about Engel. I'm not going to judge him too much as a whole because he's young. It's He's new to the league. He will take time. I know that. But as a performance, it's a continuation of what he's gave Borough so far this season. And that's poor decision making when it matters, when he gets into a good position. He doesn't seem strong enough on the ball. He struggles to beat a man because he just gets shoved off the ball. So again, Carrick decided to put him in and again persisted with Sammy Silvera for a, for a full game near enough and I don't quite understand why and why the likes of McGree were took off before him and he did make the change and brought on Morgan Rogers. But why on 90 minutes? Why not bring him on earlier? I don't quite understand. As I say, Crooks did all right. Had a few really good chances that he scuffed. And Corburn, you know what? He put himself about and he put a good shift in. But we didn't really create any chances for him to put away. And it stems back to the exact argument I've mentioned many, many times. If Lattie Lath's not playing or not delivering, who have we got to fall back on? I don't think the pressure is fair to be put on the shoulders of both Lattie Lath and or Josh Corbin. I think one is new to the league. You know, we can't possibly expect Latilaf to carry the pressure of goals that we lost with Ak Pominacha, etc. And we can't also accept and expect Josh Corburn to be the next best backup to also help that. And that is why we should have brought another striker in for me. And the fact we haven't is costing us massively. As for the subs, let me talk about Isaiah Jones because this video is desert it's desperate for a positive. Isaiah Jones, for me, was a game-changer in the second half. He just he increased the pace of the team and deserves a lot of credit for just the way he was playing on the right-hand side, zipping the ball about, getting in behind, just giving Borough a, a bit more of a tempo. It was sort of contagious and it spread throughout the team. 
And I think through his addition alone in the second half, I think he dragged Borough back into the game essentially. And I think Isaiah Jones was a game changer for me in this game. And I think did exceptionally well. He was nullified when they made some changes second half, as I mentioned. But for what he did in that period, he has to be given immense credit for. Fantastic cameo from Isaiah Jones. Sam Greenwood, I don't think, did much in his half an hour. And still haven't quite seen from him what I'm hoping or expecting to but he's not had much time on the pitch so I accept he'll take time and as I say Morgan Rogers was brought on on 90 minutes where he had pretty much next to no chance of impacting the game whatsoever. So talking about Michael Carrick now as I mentioned this isn't a positive result for me at all. I don't feel like Going away to a team, and this is no disrespect to Sheffield Wednesday, and I'm sure any level-headed Sheffield Wednesday fans will accept that they've been really poor. And probably expected themselves, given what's happened on and off the pitch, they probably expected themselves to be in the bottom three, or in and around it. And it is only fair to uh, to accept that Borough shouldn't be anywhere near where we are. And it should be realistic to expect that Borough should come here and get a result. Borough should not, and fans should not, in my opinion, be looking at this and saying, well, we didn't lose, as a positive. Not losing to this Sheffield Wednesday side is not a positive. Coming from behind after such a shocking first half is nowhere a positive. The fact we were so bad It's not a positive for me. And yeah, we had a good spell. So what? It shouldn't take us going behind to have a good spell. And for me, even though we didn't lose, so many elements of this performance were an exact rinse and repeat of what we've had before. The only difference was that we didn't look so shaky at the back, but I'd probably put that down to us going up against a much weaker forward line. I think drawing to a team like Sheffield Wednesday is no better for me than losing to a team like Blackburn, who are mid-table and have really good attacking players. So, I I don't see even the most... And I'm a glass-half-full Borough fan. I don't see this as a positive result. In fact, it changes nothing. Yes, we didn't lose. And, of course, that's better than losing. And I don't know what I would have said if we'd have lost. For me, this still... You know, it's not gave me anything, as I said at the start... No positives, nothing to cling on to. I've not seen any sort of progress and I keep banging this drum. It's hard to get behind what's happening and the quote-unquote process if you're not seeing improvements. And I'm not seeing any improvements at all, really. I think team selection, it was good that Carrick changed it, but I do feel like he's in a position where he clearly doesn't know his best team and he is in a position where I think he is desperately trying to find something a bit like us fans desperately trying to find a positive i think carrick's desperately trying to find some form of system some form of personnel that can get this team going and for me i'm not seeing any progress i think that the team selection corban coming in from that laugh crooks in at 10 for some reason silvera coming back in it very much felt like it was right let's just continue to throw shit at the wall and just hope that something sticks. I think that's where we are right now. I don't see a particular thing that Carrick's trying to do and a direction or a change he's trying to make where I can go, right, I see what he's doing. I get it. I can I can, I can can sit with this. I can, wait, I can wait and see what happens here. I can get behind it. I can see 
what he's trying to do. I don't see that. I see a manager who, granted, has never been in an experience like this before, and granted, is probably struggling to solve the first big problem that he's come up against in his managerial career, and a manager who is, quite frankly, struggling to find a solution. And that's why we're simply not moving in any specific forward direction. So this is how I see things. Middlesbrough have four more games up until the international break. Take out the cup game, five games. And, you know, I'll say five games because, you know, if we lose to Bradford in the cup, that is maybe not as bad, but would still be a shocking result. This is how I see Michael Carrick and Middlesbrough at the moment. Now, I want to just establish this. I am Carrick in. I want Carrick to stay. I want him to be given the chance to fix this because he is a young manager. It's the f- He's not even been at Borough a year yet and he rightfully should be given the time, I think, to fix this. But that's not how modern football works. And I feel like it's all well and good saying, well, we've got so many new players. Well, we're in a process. It's a transition. These buzzwords that often get shot about when a team has a a huge overhaul of players and, you know, fair enough, Carrick's lost a ton of quality compared to last season. It is not his fault that we've lost Akpom, Archer, Giles, Ramsey. Everyone knows 39 goals, 19 assists or something crazy. That's not Carrick's fault. But every team loses players and brings in new players to replace them. Every team has a overhaul of players from one season to the other. We're not the only side in the league who have lost players and brought in a whole new players. Maybe not many sides have had as much of a drop-off in quality that we have, but that's more down to our recruitment team than Carrick. But the book stops with Michael Carrick. And for me, I think he's got five games to save his job. And that's not me saying that I want him out after five games or anything like that, but that's how football works. And by the next international break, after we've played Sunderland, we'll have played 11 games in the league. It is absolutely fair to judge a team after 11 games. Fair enough. After three or four games, you can say, nope, it's a new side, still finding things to gel, whatever, whatever. After 11 games, that's when the old cliche, the league starts to take shape. If we are still in this position after the Sunderland game, where we are winless, or we've only won one game, I think there is no transition process excuse in the world that can defend Michael Carrick. Unfortunately, it's horrible to say that because I love the guy and I'm desperate for him to do well and he proved last season what he can do with the quality that he had. But I don't think there is any possible excuse if we are a side that is in the bottom three or bottom of the league after 11 games and we've only won one game or we're winless. I just don't see how there's any possible thing that can defend that because in that time... He should have maybe found a way to get us winning games, get us scoring uh, scoring goals, or whatever it may be. And by then, I think he is probably deserving to be judged by that point. Plus, we're entering a two-week period where that's a great time for chairman, board members, whatever, owners to make a change because it gives the new manager enough time on the training pitch to get his new philosophy across and it's often a common time 
for you know owners to change the manager so for me there is a huge gap coming up in the schedule where there is a window of opportunity for a change to be made and I think the next five games are huge for Carrick because Steve Gibson is noted for sacking managers in October he did it with Wilder last year he's done it many times before and I just can't think of a single reason to why Carrick would be given more time if we are bottom of the league and we've only won one game after 11. Listen, even if we win two of the next five, I think that will give Gibson enough confidence to see that we can get through this, but it will be a long season. But if we win any less than that, and God forbid we don't win any, then I think the writing's on the wall. And as I say, I cannot reiterate enough, I love Carrick. I want him to stay. I think the potential the guy's got is huge, and it's not his fault that the players he lost last season haven't been replaced with the same level of quality. But Middlesbrough Football Club can't be bottom of the championship after 11 games with only maybe one win to their name. It's just not right. And I don't think any owner, even the most patient of owner, which Steve Gibson is probably regarded as, would be able to hold their nerve any longer. You know, up until then, you may be maybe then looking at giving him till Christmas. That could be the very next step. But by then, if things haven't changed, the patience around the fan base and the frustration will probably just be too loud anyway. And once you lose the fans, it's game over because it leaks onto the pitch. The, the fans lose confidence in the manager, the players will, and it's, it's an unsalvageable situation. So it could happen if Borough don't pick up over the next five games. And it pains me to say it, but that's just how I see things going. And in them five games, we've got Southampton at home. They've now lost three in a row. That's a big game. Very big game. And Watford away. (sighs) Dreading it. You know what? If there was ever a final nail in the coffin game, it's losing a Teesweer derby to one of your biggest local rivals. That for me, I think any, any, any game that we lose in this current run's bad. But the fact that that's the game right on the brink in the eve of the international break. That's a huge banana skin. If Borough were to get beaten by their local rivals quite badly and were bottom of the league or in the bottom three after that, I think that would tip fans so far over the edge. It could be the final nail in the coffin. I'm going to leave it there because it's obviously the results just happened. Things are very raw. I'm very frustrated by the performance I've just seen and I might see positives in the performance over the next few days and we might take what we've seen into the Southampton game and build on it and if we do great but at the moment that for me is not a good result and it's not gave me any positives to take or any encouragement from where we were before and I think has put us in a position where we're entering five massive massive games for Michael Carrick at Middlesbrough (laughs) at the start of the season you'd have never ever thought or I would never have thought I'd be saying them words but let me know your thoughts if you're a Borough fan uh, or if you're just a fan a neutral fan I know Sheffield Wednesday fans will will probably have some good input on this a couple of Borough journalists have said that you know some of the pundits and journalists at the Sheffield Wednesday and actually said you know I thought we were bad but these guys so that's what they thought so let me know your thoughts whether you're a Borough fan or a neutral fan of either side or another side who's played Borough this season or whatever your thoughts may be. Give the video a like and subscribe for more. 
And until next time, guys, here's praying, as I keep doing week in, week out, that we can find a win or a performance from somewhere, because I still have blind faith that we'll turn this around. But the weeks and games just keep ticking by. So we'll see what happens. I'll be back with another Project Borough after the Southampton game, which will be my final one for a few weeks, because I am going on holiday after that, and hell, Carrick might get sacked while I'm on holiday, which would be quite a shame, but... Until next time, guys, take care. See you all next time.